Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Yes. So good. Sarah, let's take a nap. Can we? It is <laughs> the dog days of summer. It hit. I'm tired. It's hot. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Does it to you every time? You have visitors at I have. Home? Yes, I have visitors at my house, which is so fun, and I love it. But, like, we went to the zoo at 98 degrees today. It's hot. It's, it's a hot walk fun. around the zoo. Yeah, so that was my morning. So now I need a nap. You deserve They're all a home, nap. home napping. So that's I want to be jealous. napping with them. Yeah. I but I also want to talk books, so. I never um, leave an opportunity to talk about talk, books. Right, right. I would rather do that than take Any a nap. So I get Yes, so here I am, and we have books. It's a What's on Your Shelf today. Yes, but first. First, fun fact. Yeah, so Carly Fortune, the author of Every Summer After, she has been an editor, and she's worked in the book industry, but this is her first book, like we said last week. And she decided in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, she'd always want to write a book, and she was like, I'm going to do it. This is the time to do it. And so she sat down and did some research like how many words are books like the genre she wanted to read what's the average length word length and she came up with that and then divided that out to if I were to be done by the end of this year with the book I would have to write like 380 I think she said 388 words a day and she was like yeah I got that no problem I edit for people who bring out things like that all the time no big deal and so she sat down and she got up she had uh, I think she said she was maybe had baby and was pregnant or baby and a newborn or she has a newborn now, something like that. But she had kids. So she would wake up early in the morning and start writing before work. And then sometimes in the evening, though, she says she's not very creative at night. Morning is better for her and weekends. And her partner is really helpful with the kids so that she could spend that time writing but I love that she like sat down logistically at first like okay I need this many words that means I've got to write 388 words a day to be done by the end of this year oh and gosh, she did I it I love it so much so I've never thought of writing that way I've always thought of like writing a book you come up with an idea and then it just ends when you're roundabout come to an end and I'm sure there's a little bit of that yeah. but that she made a goal, like it needs to be about this. Yes. And so I need to write about this many a day and know how, when and about how you're going to wrap it up in so many words. Interesting so viewpoint smart. of it. I love it so much, actually. I yeah. think it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Because realistically, it feels impossible to write a 350-page book. Right. Well, and it would almost feel like pages. never-ending. Yes. Where this, you're like, okay, no, this is where it needs to end. So this is how we're going to get there. Yeah. I think it's brilliant, actually. Yeah. So smart. And it makes it feel possible and achievable. And that you have an ending. Right. It's an like, end point. I it's not going to go on for 13 years. Yeah. Take things at bite-sized chunks. Like yeah. stop. Because when you think about everything you have to do, it feels like too much. And then mm-hmm. you stop and you don't anything. Because you're never going to get it all right. done. Right. But if you're just doing one thing at a time, then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I can do that. That's doable. Yeah. So. I think it's super smart. I thought that was very interesting. Cool. I hadn't ever. You hear a lot of the same interviews, like, what's your writing process? What's your that? And I've never really, I mean, it just stood out to me. I love it. I have to write 388 words a day, specifically. 388. (laughs) Don't round up. Don't round down. No. 388. 
I love if it. I remember correctly, it was 380 something. So anyway, I'm excited. Carly Fortune every summer after, and that will be next week is book club, right? That's right. So if you haven't started yet, I'm getting get very started. excited. Me too. Actually, I actually am starting it this weekend because I'll be gone next week. And I'm worried that you won't be able to, I won't have, be time able to, to have time to read while I'm gone. So I think I'm going to be starting it. I just finished a book, so I think I'll do that next. Yay. Be the next one on my shelf. Perfect. But this week, Sarah, what's been on your shelf? Ooh, I've got some fun ones to talk about. Ready to jump in? Yeah. Um, the first one I want to talk about is called The World Played Chess. Okay, I've we've seen this one, about it. and we've talked about it. We talked about doing it as a book club book. I think it was one. It was up for discussion, yeah. um, but ultimately we were both kind of like chess. Nah. Okay. Uh, uh, totally. Right? I don't know. Let me just throw that out. I don't know how to play chess. Me either. I don't get it. Right. Not my. And I'm just not interested to ever learn. Right. I 100% agree with you. Like an unintelligent person saying that because I feel like intelligent people play chess. Yes. And I'm a game person. I love games. Yes. But nothing about that feels interesting. I agree. So I'm on board with you 100%. This book was recommended by a friend, Sally, mentioned that she read it and loved it and thought that it was worth everybody reading. And then I looked it up because I'd never heard of it. It has 4.5 star rating on Goodreads with like over 12,000 ratings. So like a lot of people really like this book. Um, And I will also say it has nothing to do with chess. Nothing. Just not one thing. There's not one thing about chess. (laughs) What? So it isn't the greatest title. I mean, I understand it. I guess there's, this is what I got from it. Okay. I guess there's like this phrase out there where it's like, oh, everyone's playing, you're playing checkers while everyone else is playing chess. Okay. So it's like, you're just playing the wrong, like you're never going to get anywhere because you're not even playing the same game. You're not on the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Apples to oranges. Yes. Okay. So that's where the title comes from. The story is about um, the story is a, is about a man who is remembering the summer after his high school graduation, and so it's the it's that in between time before you're going away and becoming a man, but you're no longer a child, and how he's trying to figure out like how to become a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a summer job working with like a, a home crew, like redoing things in people's houses or, you know, he's just doing hard labor basically. Okay. And another man on the crew is a vet from Vietnam and he shares stories of his time in Vietnam. Okay. Um, so there's, there's that going on there's his summer experiences right the kind of mischief that he gets into then he's this co-worker that's sharing you get to, you you go into his experiences in vietnam and like kind of how they relate because it's at the same time right like he went to vietnam right after high school and so there's that it's 
that experience. And then also now he's a grown up. He has children. He has a son who's in that age now. He's just graduating. It's his senior year and that experience. And so there's these different generations of time, but all experiencing that transformative age of becoming a man. Okay. Um, there, I will, I will say there's quite a bit of language, but war. Okay. Yeah. Um, high school boys. Okay. If, if it's fitting to the story, it, is. it doesn't. Yeah. And, but, but there, there was quite enough that I feel like I should mention meant it. To that. Um, and it was, it was a really, it was a well-told story and for enough so that I was like, is this a true story? Ah. Because the author does read. There's two uh, narrators in the story I was listening, and the author does read one of the the characters. Mm-hmm. And I, so I looked it up. It well in the after there is like a there's like a section from the author that tell, talks about him writing this book. It is not a real story. So it's. I love a good book that when you walk away, you're like, like Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes, when I was looking up. To buy the album. Yes. Right. <laughs> I love it when it pulls you in and you're like, well, this is totally historical fiction. Totally. Wow. So it was it was really Great. well done. It um and it was a fun look. I don't know much about the Vietnam War. I felt like I, I don't really I mean learned quite the a basics. Bit. Yes. But I, mean, I haven't read any know. historical fiction. Yeah. It's not a, a well little. talked about yeah. time. Because I think we all try to hide from it a little bit right and and he talks about the research that he did and he did have a co-worker so there it's based on some experiences that were real but he definitely fictionalized them and brought in other stories and made them because he did a ton of research yeah and brought like multiple people's stories and put them into one person's experience okay which which made we do yeah um but it was it was super it was super well done. I, I did learn a lot. I gave it four stars. Awesome. So it's called The World Played Chess by Robert Dagoni. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. And I'm kind of relieved that it's nothing about it's chess. It's nothing like, about chess. I should I mean, give it a try. it's certainly sad. Like, there's a lot of sadness there. Yeah. And, and, like, the mistakes that teenagers make as they become no longer idiot dumb kids right mm-hmm. like oh i'm trying to mature that wasn't a good idea learning from our mistakes a little bit yeah anyway i shouldn't judge a book by its title i know but that's a really that's random a really title random, yeah. i just feel like you could have named this a lot of different things i think the idea was like everyone we went to war thinking that we were going to war and war is like and the, this yeah and right this really is how wasn't. you fight a war and then vietnam was and that you're doing it for the good the better the yeah and that and these people that they were there fighting against in vietnam were not playing the same game no they it was chaos there was nothing logistical about it you could not follow any sort of plan it was it was a mess and so there was no winning yeah that that war anyway it was very interesting all right Um, My first book I'm going to talk about is called Just Last Night by Mahari Mahari McFarlane. Okay. I'm going to spell that M-H-A-I-R-I. Ooh. McFarlane. Okay. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. And that's Mari. Maybe it's Mari. I don't know. I apologize. We all know me and my names. Anyway, the title. Mary. Mary. I, I don't know. I should know. I should 
look it up. Sorry, I didn't. I'm not prepared that way, I guess. Um, this is a book, just last night, a book about best friends from, like, they kind of grew up together in high school. And they really are best friends. There's like, there's two boys, two girls, and they're inseparable. Great friends. And it kind of picks up later in life, later 20s, maybe almost 30. Um, and they've all kind of done their thing, but maybe a little bit still floundering a little, not quite found where they should be or thought they would be. Um, but they're still really close. Two specifically, um, Eve and Ed, I believe, are the two. I think those are the ones. Um, had one night right before it kind of flashes back to the night before Ed goes away. He went to a college that was further away from him, and they're all going to be separated um, until Christmas when they all come home for Christmas. And in that last second before they leave, he professes his love for her and she's always really felt that way but neither of them wanted to ruin the friendship and the group that they had they had all kind mm. of kept it to themselves because and this happens all in the beginning so i'm not giving anything away too much but they didn't want to upset the friendship and they knew that they were high schoolers this can't really last forever and if they did this then there would people would have to choose sides or maybe none of them could be friends anymore. And so it was just better not to, but he did. And they, she felt the same way and they were so excited. And then it just, um, things happen and it maybe didn't end up like they both thought it would, but now in their late twenties, should it have? And is there any, um, redeeming those feelings for each other? Now they've all moved on and, Ed has a girlfriend and um, they've dated other people along the way, but they come upon this time in their life and something catastrophic happens and just turns everything upside down. And they really have to search for, look at their friendship and either really trust each other and know what they were doing and rely on each other. Or maybe these really weren't the people I thought they were kind of having I felt like having adult eyes ah. on a teenage friendship that has grown into that. But maybe you missed some things along the way because you were growing up along the way yeah, and fully developing that brain of yours and maybe not seeing everything clearly as it was. Anyway, mm. it was just kind of a fun. I, I don't want to say coming of age because that's usually in reference to like teenagers finding their own. This is your late 20s coming of adulthood, not coming of age, but maybe coming of an adulthood, friendships coming of adulthood story. And it was it was good. I liked it. It was a good palate cleanser type book. Okay, it kept yeah. my interest, um, had great characters in an interesting setting. I gave it three stars. Awesome. Um, again, it is Just Last Night by Mari McFarlane. I gave it three stars. Awesome. Yeah. And just like looking, I just looked this up 4.05 star rating with like 28,000 reviews. Yeah. Like I always love to find a book that most people like. Right. And I was wondering if she had written, she's got quite a bit more books too. So I think they these look are like really fun 
type books, if you base it on the cover. Yes, they are fun covers. Um, and I think these would be enjoyable books in between some of your other heavier ones, like Good Palette Cleansers, Easy Beach Reads. Um, One of her titles is You Had Me at Hello. I just like love that title. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Awesome. So it was a good one. Awesome. Okay. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about today is, drumroll, Ellen Hildebrand's <gasps> latest summer read. You did it. The Hotel Nantucket. I've seen it. It's out there. And? I love Ellen Hildebrand. I know you do. I always have to preface like my ratings by saying I rate them against her other novels. Yes. So of course. As, if it's just a standalone, it probably would have gotten a higher rating. But I love a lot of her others just a little bit more. This is my thing. The Hotel Nantucket, just really quickly, give a little background, mm -hmm. takes place on Nantucket, shockingly. And it's about this hotel that has been just dilapidated. You know, it's falling apart. It's been around forever. It's like a part of this community, but it's out of use. It mm -hmm. doesn't, and nobody goes there anymore. It's not even running. It's so worn down. Um, but a millionaire came in from like London mm -hmm. and bought it a sight unseen and renovates it, puts millions of dollars into it, renovates it, hires a local gal to be the manager. She has her own history of like struggles that she's gone through that brought her to applying for this job. And she gets hired to be the manager. And the goal is to make it just top notch, greatest of all hotel that anyone would want to come to. Mm -hmm. There's, um, a hotel reviewer that is, it's like secret. She, no one knows her identity and she goes around and reviews hotels and she gives them keys, like one key to one to five, five being the greatest hotel you could ever imagine staying at one being the worst. Mm -hmm. I only get one key. So she's never given five keys. Mm. So this millionaire hotel owner has told his manager that he, he has two goals. He wants to impress two people. The woman who is the secret key giver mm -hmm. reviewer, and then someone else that we don't know. He's that's the only reason he wants to impress these women. So her job is to just get five keys this summer That's it. and do whatever. And so you watch, he, she has this haphazard um, cast of employees that at the last minute she's trying to get hired and who can come to the island, you know, being on the island, it's hard to find employees anyway. So you watch her try and do that. And then these um, characters that try to earn the five key mm -hmm. rating. So that's the premise of the book. And uh, true to Ellen fashion, like characters are so well done there. Every character is very, has their own story. And so my only real complaint was the beginning she tried to, I think she feels the need to bring in past characters from other books because they all, 90% of her books take place in Nantucket. And so mm -hmm. she talks about the police chief right. who has its, its own community. story. And, you know, she kind of brings in these other characters. And it is fun. 
I've read all the books. It's yeah. fun to hear, like, what are they up to? Right. Um, and hear a little bit of a snippet. But it was, it kind of was overcomplicating the story. It already yes. had its own, like, set. I can see how it, that would be hard. Story. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, yes, that was fun. But, like, it was just a little bit too much. And I'm like, is are they important to this story? Like, right. And they really weren't. Like, they never, ever played it's a role. It's just because they're a character you've known for so long if you've yes. read all her books. Which, oh, which I don't sense. know. I don't know if it's if it's important to include them. It's fun to include. It certainly was fun to hear, like, oh, Ed Capernash, you know, yeah. uh, whatever. Come so-and-so. Yeah, and that's fun. But it's um, it was like I was trying to, like, learn all the new characters, and I didn't know who was important or not. And so it kind of was yeah. confusing. Like, what should you pay attention to? So the to? first third of the book, I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, like, what's really matters here in the story. But then once we got past all of that and those characters fell away mm-hmm. and we got to the thick of like the story, I loved it. Okay. I loved the hotel. I loved the workers there and the way that their stories played out. I loved that. There's a ghost Ooh. and some of the um, perception is from the ghost perceptive, which mm-hmm. I really, it was it was fun. Like it wasn't weird or creepy. It was kind yeah. of fun. And so there's that. They're kind of solving that ghost story along the way. Anyway, I loved that part of the story. So okay. overall, you love Ellen Hildebrand. You want a good, if you want a good beach read that's new, yeah. this is your this book. This is it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you're just looking for the best Ellen Hildebrand, I'll give you a list. Right. But don't miss this one. It's certainly great. It's called... Um, the Hotel Nantucket, Ellen Hildebrand. I gave it three stars. Fantastic. Great summer read, for sure. Perfect. I have another fun read for you. Yes. Good summer, easygoing read. Please. The Bookshop of Yesterdays by Amy Meyerson. Ooh. Give me a book it about a bookshop. dreamy. And give me a book where the cover is just a pile of books. Oh. Just different books, stacks and stacks of books. Um, I gave this book three stars. I, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of, if, have you ever read, um, oh, what is it? The Benedict Society. The Mysterious the Benedict Society. The Mysterious Benedict Society. There you go. Yeah. It kind of is a little like that. There is. Ooh. So it starts out with um, this girl and she is an only child. She is raised extremely close to her uncle. And he is a big part of her life. And he owns this bookstore called Prospero Books. And she spends a lot of time there. Like she'll go and visit him or she'll be there with him. And he'd be like, pick any book you want. Or he would give her certain books to read or recommend different books to read. And so it's just a very special part of her life. And her uncle is a very special part of her childhood. But on her 12th birthday... Um, something happens and she's not quite sure what he didn't show up to her birthday party, but she didn't think anything of it, but he showed up later that night and there was some kind of a falling out between her uncle and her mom. And he just disappears out of her life from that point on. She tries writing him letters and calling the bookshop and seeing him and never gets anything back from him. And mom, it's just kind of mysterious that mom never really says much about it. And neither does her dad. And so 16 years later, she finds out that her uncle has passed away and 
returns home to go to the funeral and she can't believe it's been 16 years. She still hasn't seen him. Why didn't she try harder? You know, she's feeling a lot of guilt, but um, when she goes back home to the funeral, she finds out that her uncle has left her this bookshop in his will. Okay. And it's not financially stable. It's not doing well, but it is just a part of this community. I know me too. Cause I feel like we know these little bookstores. We want to survive and, just be okay. And they're just making do. None of no book owner, except for a few large bookstores, are really making any money. They're breaking even. Right. Or they're keeping the doors open and it makes me sad. Anyway, yep. so she inherits this bookshop that she's got to keep. She really wants to keep it open, but she doesn't live in this town anymore. Her life has gone on. She's gotten a degree in education. She's a teacher, um, but she's just got this pull to this bookstore. And so, and her uncle always did these like scavenger hunts for her, like for her birthday to help her get to her birthday present or just what the adventures they went on were always some sort of a scavenger hunt. She had to figure out what they were going to do. And so he has left this last scavenger hunt for her to kind of explain what's happened, what happened and what's happened since and why and um, what, you know, how she should move on with things from here out. And so she's got this last scavenger hunt and the people that she has to um, talk to and get information from and how they weave into the story. It's just kind of fun. It's super fun. It's very uh, realistic in a way, like a modern story. But then you've got this element of puzzle solving. Yeah unrealistic type parts of it. Like really you're going to go and you just happen to look this way and see that. And it led you to the next clue. Like not likely that's obvious <laughs> here, but fun. So fun. Very, very fun. I, like I it. gave it three stars, the bookshop of yesterday's. And the other really fun thing I loved about it is it uses other books and characters. And so Ooh. it brings up a lot of different books that you've read and some that I hadn't read and the characters to help solve this scavenger hunt. I so love it's really it. fun to hear in and out. And she's named after um, a character, a famous character from Shakespeare and the bookstore is named after Shakespeare character. And then there's all these other different books. Bridge to Terabithia is in there. And Cute. anyway, just fun I to hear that. all those little nuggets of um, information from books and characters that help I her solve it. That. that made it really fun too. That's awesome. It was excellent. Good read. Three stars. That's awesome. I just found it at my library. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, I just want to mention one that I read. Okay. So it's this isn't like one I'm going to go into detail about, but you just talked about it last time that we did What's on Your Shelf. Okay. And so I was really excited about it and added it and was able to get it really quick. It's Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I know. I love Ellen it Hildebrand so much. and Taylor Jenkins Reid in oh, the same week. week. Oh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Dreamy. I know. Um, I loved it so much. I gave it five stars. So I just had to wow. mention it. Yes. Like, so that's five stars from both of us. Yeah. I went that's and it. thought about it before I reviewed it, and I was like, I don't want to just be flippant. Right. With my five-star review. So I like, but I can't, I, I just actually really did love it so much. Like, I didn't necessarily agree with, like, all of the 
ideas in it, but the mm-hmm. way that they all played out, I loved it. I think it was just so well woven. Seriously. And smart. So smart. Just a smart storyline. And I loved the characters. Anyway, yeah. I liked the decisions and the way the decisions went. Anyway, I just really loved it. I gave it five stars. So definitely Yay. go and read um, Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Okay. I agree. But the the book I want to review, review. Yes. Um, my last book today is Bittersweet, How Sorrow and Longing Make Us Whole by Susan Cain. Um, this, this sounds serious. It was kind of, it is a serious, a more serious yeah. book. It's, it's a kind of a self-help book, kind mm-hmm. of, um, more introspective. I would say I almost stopped reading it because okay. it, I, I got a little bit into it and I thought, wow, this book is like about being sad and I don't want to feel sad. Um, so I kind of was like, well, I'm going to, I'll listen to it today. I had like some time to listen mm-hmm. and I thought we'll decide if I want to start something fresh tomorrow. Um, but I'm glad I ended up sticking with it. Good. And I really liked it. So the idea of this book is the author, Susan Kane, um, found herself like obsessed with this notion of like sad music. And why are we drawn to these sad notes? Oh my gosh, there is a, is it Revisionist History or This American Life episode podcast? One of those two podcasts does a whole thing on this. It's a thing. I I wonder if, okay. Maybe she. Maybe she was involved in that. She became very interested. So she started studying and researching. What? um, What is it about like melancholy? Yeah. That. It stirs so much of our souls. Yeah. Okay. And she talks a little bit. And at first I was just like, I don't know. I don't want to feel, I don't want to sit there. Anyway, but the reality is we all have something, whether it's Mm -hmm. music, whether it's, um, I don't even know, but like to sit in melancholy is actually really good for us. And it's, it connects us. Okay. It makes us better leaders. Anyway, she talked about wow. all of this research that she's done and the people who are able to um, give themselves over to melancholy. Okay. There's bittersweet, right? Yeah. It's like things that are sad actually end up lifting us to a higher level. It's not something that we can maintain um, all of the time, but right. when we can tap into it. Okay. It is like There's something. There's a benefit from it. Yes. So it's like the idea, and I am so butchering the description <laughs> of this. Like, well, I'm sure there's a little the more book. in the book. Than yeah, what it's we're a discussing, decently right? like it's a normally long book. It's not even like a. It's like an eight or nine hour book. Okay. So, but she she get, does a very good job explaining this. But it's kind of like um, the movie. She talks about this, the Bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually never seen it. I know the premise of it, but I've never watched it all the way through. I watched, It came out like when I was in junior high. Yeah, I was. Young. I couldn't tell you now. I've seen it. I have the premise, but so yeah, it's like I the idea really is this is farm wife, mm-hmm. and her family is gone for a week or something. So she finally gets to have some alone time. She's at home alone. Mm-hmm. And she gets a knock on the door, and it's a photographer looking for some nearby monument, and ensues a love affair mm-hmm. while her family is gone, and. 
then I guess at the end of the movie, she, rather than leaving her family and going off with the photographer, she stays Mm -hmm. and she just continues on with her remembers longingly and, and lovingly this time she spent with the photographer and then goes back to her life. So she said, there's lots of different interpretations. People feel different, but everyone loves this movie. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that when you long for longing for something, Okay. actually brings fulfillment. Just the longing for it. You don't actually need to get it. Like this idea of like forever be living in this state of bliss with the photographer. It was like to be able to tap into that for a minute. Okay. Was sustainable was... for the rest of her life. To be able to remember wow. it yeah. and, and, and long for it or long for him or whatever. That was enough. Anyway, it's very fascinating. It's a very interesting theory. She goes to a lot of great depths spiritually, and she talks to a lot of gurus and coaches and, like, spiritual leaders. Anyway, it's very interesting, the things that she learned and the connections that she makes um, in fulfillment and all of those kinds of things. I actually was ended up really liking it. I gave it four stars. Wow. So if you're just looking, if, you, if you're looking for something maybe a little bit deeper, um, maybe something you've never thought of. I've never considered this theory before. Yeah. The idea of wanting still, something yeah. and what that brings what to that you. What that brings. Like I kind of thought like, because when you think about that, right, you always, always, always want something, but then you finally get it. It's kind of it's like, It's not as oh, good. Yeah. I mean, because you know what happens? You just start longing for something else. Right. And I think that, and that's human nature, but there is, there is fulfillment in the longing. In the longing. Hmm. Anyway, just a deep thought. And to look at that longing as not a negative thing, but no. as a positive it's thing. It's actually quite it's valuable. Good for us. Yes, it's quite valuable. Interesting. Okay. Well, this has gone by fast. Yeah. My last one, I'm doing something a little different here. Okay. So you said on that one that... You almost quit reading it. I almost and did. And you're so glad you didn't quit reading <laughs> because you glad. ended up liking it and giving it four stars. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Don't give up. Let me tell you, I gave up three <laughs> times this week. That's so hard. Three in a row. I'm so sorry. And so then I look at myself like, okay, do I just need a reading break or are these books? Did you just get three bad books? Yeah. And I took... I, tend to usually research books out. I don't just read anything. Sure. So two of them, I did not feel bad about giving them back. Like there was nothing in it or nobody or Ty that made me feel like I should continue and give him a chance. It was just, I'm no longer interested. Blah, sure. blah, blah. But one of them I feel bad about because it is one, it is one of my favorite authors and Patchett. Okay. Yeah. The book is Commonwealth. Now I've read multiple things by her and I love her and I've loved the other books I've read this book. I actually purchased the book probably four or five years ago. It came out in 2016. I started reading it then. Yeah. And didn't finish it. Ooh. Like I only got a couple chapters in and I don't remember not liking it, but just moving on to something else, just not ever going back to it. Yeah. So finally I was like, I'm just going to get this audiobook. It's at my library. So I put it on hold and I got it because I kept thinking, I'll go back to it. I have the paper copy 
then I was like, come on, I love Anne Patchett. I need a good read. And so I got the audiobook for my library and started reading it. And I made it a little further, but I've just, I found that I wasn't paying attention. The characters grew up really quick. Okay. <laughs> and they were maybe moving. I don't really know. They're just, so here, I just stopped again. I'd say you've given it two I've given it two tries, tries now. Yeah. But then I don't want to, like, what if it's so good and I, it's just me right now? Should I try it again? So this is what I'm asking, listeners. If you've read Commonwealth by Ann Patchett, yeah. should I just say, you know what? Not my thing. It's okay to not like one of her books and move on. Or is this one I should go back and really give it a good, just stick to it? Because I didn't even it. make it halfway through. Like I'm not, it's not like I sat through any of these. I It may be two hours in. And then gave it up. But this one gets 3.82 stars on Goodreads, 161,332 ratings, 14,000 reviews. That's a lot of ratings. So what do I do? What do I do? Should I go? Should I stay? (laughs) Let me know. I haven't read this book. People that I know have read this book. I was looking at that too. And I've got two friends that have rated it one of four stars and one three. I have one that rated it five, one four, and one one. Oh. I have a friend who gave it one star. One star? Holy cow. That's it. That almost counts, cancels each other out. I know. So that kind of tells me right there that, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do I go back? You know I don't what? know what to do. I don't do. think you need to force yourself into liking a right? book. Right, because there's a billion other books I need to get through. I just think there is, yeah, like the amount of books that are written. It's okay to love an author, but not love everything. Right? Okay. So that's my dilemma this week. I stopped three. I feel bad about one. But I think I can just walk away. Unless... We hear strongly otherwise that I actually need to stick this one out. So I'm leaving it in your hands. I can't wait to hear what they say. Me too. What a fun day of books. Yes. I'm excited to go and read some more. Let's do it. Our book club book next. So get reading if you're going to. Every summer after. Join us. Next on the list. And I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. A good summer read. Can't wait. Right? That's the goal. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. Your book club.